looking at the number one California, here we come Right back where we started from Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome to the OC The show where we take an in-depth episode by episode of December An underrated time OC. This is part two of Risky Business. Last week we talked about Trey trying to find an apartment not being able to. Ryan and Marissa have an awkward chemistry. Zach and Seth maybe making Atomic County again. Sandy hosting an auction that's not really a charity. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Ravagna. With me as always is Ryan. We have so much left to talk about, Mike. And we just we took a break in the middle of it. Yes. People are excited. They want to hear how does this end? Yes, they do, but we're not going to tell them yet, are we? What did you do in your week off? I took so many baths. I love a good Ooh, bath. You're a bath yeah. boy? I love to pour myself a uh, bottle of Boone's Farm, get into a uh, doggy pool that I have in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a uh, pool that my dog dug and then filled with its own water. And I sit in there. It's, it's tight, but th- I think that's what makes It's like a mud bath. You know? yeah. Have you ever had a mud bath? I have. Uh, I love them. I went to a spa that was all the walls, ceilings, and floors were marble. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like yours is almost as luxurious. It's probably a lot cheaper. Did you put uh, Did you put the cukes on the eyes? Oh, you got to cuke the eyes. You have done that before? Yeah, yeah. That, that helps the, the puffiness go away, I believe. Is that true, though? I don't know. But it does make it so you can then eat a delicious snack and keep your hands free. If I'm gonna start, if we're gonna start a spa, which should be our next endeavor, um, same thing as every other spa, as the one that you went to, not the one that I go to. But um, let's put some, let's have some fun, okay? Let's have some fun. It's all about relaxing. Mm-hmm. How about let's have some fun? Let's put some fucking googly eyes on those goddamn cukes. Googlies on the cukes. Maybe just some like Skrillex or trap music playing over. Let's have some yes. fun. Fuck that's relaxing. all. I, that's all I'm looking for. This is the fun spa. Also, every time that the beat is about to drop, which is something that I've heard Skrillex enjoys doing. He loves dropping uh, beats. It feels like the bottom of the mud bath that you're in is going to drop out and oh. you're going to fall like 20, you 30, 40 feet. through. You don't even know where. You where don't you know where, end? yeah. You don't even know. It might be hell. It might be China. We don't know. We don't know what's on the other side. Since we're already messing with vegetables and we're putting googly eyes on the cukes, when the beat drops, should we rain down upon them just thousands of beats? Like they're cephalopods? Yes. Yeah, as hard and as frozen as we can make those beats. <laughs> this is the fun spa. People like going there. We say uh, it's like a random, uh, I don't know, algorithm. We don't know where the cephalopods are going to drop, but we know. It's we on know. you at, at our <laughs> it's, spa. It's always yeah. on you, specifically you. You know who you are. The beat will always hit you. Also, there's a little bit of diner. What do you what do you want to eat while you're in the spa? How about some spaghetti? Yeah, that's right. You're gonna eat spaghetti and beets. We have so many extra beets that we're gonna put those in the spa- spaghetti. It's a diner spa, open twenty four yes. hours. Of course it is. When you're when you're in your dog shithole that you bathe in, do you have a, a sponge on a stick? Uh, yes, I do. Wash you're myself with a rag guy? on a stick. I love it. The people are dying re- now. I can't reach a lot of areas mm-hmm. on my body. You got you really know? nubby arms. I do have tiny little T-Rex arms and a giant, giant fat body, and I need to use a rag on a stick. Well, I'm glad we checked in with you and your week off. Also, when I hit things with a stick, uh, it gives me blisties. Mm-hmm. So that's when I use my uh, stick on a rag. I'll grab the other end, and then I'll hit things <laughs> with it. Just whip that around. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad we checked in with you and your week off. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to find out 
what Trey has been up. Ryan, as far as Ryan knows, Trey is going to get this apartment because he got off the phone and said, I'm in, everything's fine. Uh, And then Ryan wakes up at six in the morning and Trey is out and about. And he said, the landlord, he comes home and Ryan's very suspicious at six in the morning. Like, where were you? He's like, the landlord needed me to finish drywall. And Ryan is very skeptical immediately. He's skeptical. Why, Mike? Is it because that Trey's been around for two episodes and has lied nearly every second of each just, scene? But I also don't know why Trey's not like, dude, remember the watch? Get off my back. Like, he should throw that in Atwood's face way more often. This is exactly right, people. Here's how, and Ryan, of course, is asking him questions to get more information because he's our Sandy Jr., but this is what we're learning about lying, okay? Trey had a freak out when Ryan asked him about the watch because he was insulted that Ryan thought he stole it when he clearly, clearly bought it. He has the receipt crumpled up, ready to throw. Mm. When you ask Trey, hey, where were you? And he's like, okay, look, I had to go do the drywall. I'm going to come clean right now and explain to you exactly where I was. That means he was doing something bad. He was doing something shady. He only freaks out when he's doing something honorable. And look, the only kind of local urban movie prop collectors they work at 5 30 in the morning okay that's yes. when you have to go see them well they're early risers they're, they're the early bird gets the faberge egg ryan i do love the bookends of uh both halves of this episode though because uh how do we start the first half cracking eggs in the morning how do we start the second half cracking eggs to urban movie prop dealers <laughs> cracking is what i call selling stolen things no i know everybody knows if you've listened to the show long enough you know anytime he's talking about cracking he means selling to urban prop movie dealers. Not the big fucking dragon with the mustache. No, do not ever talk about that. Trey, uh, after him and Ryan have their run-in, makes Marissa breakfast, and she doesn't eat it. And he's like, oh, I just wanted to thank you for the apartment, but you're you're probably busy. He's trying to guilt her, and then she throws it in his face and says, motherfucker, I was on that phone, and guilts him right back. How dare you lie to Ryan again? I've got a question for you that we did not address in the previous episode of the OCD this episode is really contained most of the episodes uh, sort of dive into plot lines from 10 episodes ago or start plot lines for 10 episodes from now this one really keeps it tight Marissa listening to that phone call is typically like a six episode arc of dealing with how Marissa is a sneaky spy who can never be trusted this one we're just like you know what we're just gonna in and out Marissa that was sort of fucked up but not really cool it, it was, I guess it's a little weird, except for the fact that Trey is lying. That's that's always when th- fucked up things are happening. It's, you did something worse, but it's only worse if I wasn't doing something even worse than that. Oh, yeah. If anyone around you ever does something bad, find like if they take it to a 10, find something to do to them that's like a 9, and they can't mm-hmm. be upset. They if they, upset. If you've got something to like break of theirs, break it, because they already did that 10. There's nothing they can do back. <laughs> I do like Marissa nails in the guilt. Because he's like, I got it. I can handle it. And she offers to help pay for his apartment's like down deposit. And he's like, no. She goes, if you do anything stupid, it's really going to hurt Ryan. And I think that's a lot of, I'm not defending Trey. That is your job. For some reason, in the last couple of episodes, you've really been all about the Trey. I'm not defending him. But throughout the course of this episode, I think that we start to realize something about Trey. Is that his world that he grew up in was definitely like dog eat dog, get what you can. And he keeps finding out throughout the course of this episode that, like, 
Marissa really cares about Ryan, and Ryan really cares about Trey, and Sandy really cares about Seth and Ryan and Kirsten, and Kirsten really cares about Ryan, and everyone cares about everyone. And so that's what sort of makes it hard when you go and steal something. It's not there aren't. Uh, it's not like there's no victims in this. Like you're right. You're breaking hearts here, and you can't do that on the OC. Yeah, there's repercussions. The only way you can break hearts is by coming out of the water slowly and shaking that shaggy hair, Trey. So yeah, just be a fucking dog in a swimming pool. That's that's the best way to do it. Uh, so everybody's getting ready for the non-charity event. And again, throwing back to the, the pilot, Ryan starts showing Trey how to tie a tie. And Trey's like, no, we can do it at first. But then it's a very sweet moment. And Sandy even walks up and just kind of like watches them smiling. And then does it. Then Sandy walks in and also starts working on he's Trey's like, tie. Like it's no, a it's a two man operation. He's working on Ryan's tie while Ryan works on Trey's tie while Trey works. It's just like a, a monkey cleaning chain. All right, I would have said uh, fucking lemon party, but I guess we have different <laughs> we analogies, have different references. What I love about this is uh, Ryan's like, look, I know these formal things seem like they're going to be boring. Something always crazy happens. Like Ryan at this point is not dead pulling. But just is letting Trey know, like, it seems like it'll be boring as hell. I guarantee somebody's going to punch you in the face by the end of today. It seems like the craziest amount of fourth wall breaking self-awareness, and yet almost no uh, inside the three wall self-awareness. Atwood, it's typically your fucking fault (laughs) that this shit goes crazy, and you're bringing a second Atwood to the party. So, yeah, something fucked up is going to happen. And really, it seems like, like, hey, Trey... I know you think I'm a square these days, but this is where I shine. This is where I bring Chino back, baby. So lock in. <laughs> and you, he, by that, he just means chinos, right? The pants yeah. that we don't even know what they really are. They're like if there's boat shoes, I think of Chino as the nice boat pants. They they they're high enough that they show your ankles. Something else happens in the scene that I don't think we've talked about yet, which is something that the OC does pretty regularly, and I love it every time. It gives me chills every time. Someone, usually Sandy or Ryan will say, yeah, uh, you know, party's going to be boring, but who knows, something might happen. Cut to big sweeping helicopter cam of, like, the big noopsy party and all the oceans mm-hmm. and stuff. They, they, they love that impact point of, we'll see what happens, music and party. Yeah. I love and that every like time. Visual porn, coastline porn. Right. The, like, the whole thing about, like, uh, the thing that Chuck Klosterman said about why he watches Entourage, he knows it's a terrible show, but it's rich people porn. Uh-huh. This is when the OC does it the best. Yes. Right before the giant gross events. Uh, so we flash to the party. Everybody's in the back doing different things. And even though they all have jobs here, Summer's barreling in and saying, are you motherfuckers bringing back that comic book? And the best, uh, Seth mumbles something and Zach goes, goodness gracious, no. Okay. All right. So <laughs> moment of the week. Zach's got a Zach, right? And it is. it almost feels like ADR. Because it's, yes. it's a total aside. It cuts back to summer. <laughs> we don't see Zach exclaim like he's a goddamn Peanuts character. Goodness gracious, no. What's beautiful is before that, he was giving Seth so much shit for not just like balling up and handling it. And he's just like, oh, no, never. And, man, if you thought that saying, what, you're going to throw this all away because of a girl was too against Zach character, <laughs> the pendulum has swung back, my friend. because the too much Zach. The Zachiest Zach thing you could say. He might as well have said, I need a yoo-hoo. Goodness gracious, no, <laughs> was amazing. And then they, they talk her into it, like it'll be fine, and they do a three-way pinky swear that it won't ruin anybody's friendships this time. Which is adorable in high school and something that I would never 
do now to prove promises in my current relationships. Did Summer fall over too quickly? Yeah, I would expect like at least another episode. Was this a plot thing or was this a Summer realizing, oh, maybe that's not a thing that I can say is like, hey, this thing that you were dreaming of, I can just, uh, you know, like hold that over your head. Because we love her and think she's the most mature of everybody, including the adults. I think it's that one. Like you can't tell somebody you can't have creative projects. You can't tell somebody that, Ryan. And the other thing that she's going on is how much have these people learned? And I think that with Zach, you can say, I bet he has gone through what we went through last time and has changed and learned. I don't know if you can think that about Seth. Probably not, but what's fine with that is the role reversal is say the three of them are not pitching the graphic novel company. Uh, Zach isn't going to freak out the way Seth freaked out. They'll just all be fine. Is does GNC that like those things that sell like powder for mus- muscular people? Mm-hmm. Is that what it stands for? Graphic novel company. Yeah, graphic novel. They they pivoted hard and they're like, wait, nobody's just selling. What did you say? Powdered mustards. <laughs> powder for muscular people, <laughs> including powdered mustards. Also, powdered mustards. Like you bought somebody an entire gift <laughs> so set. So many of powdered mustards. There's five different kinds of mustards, all powdered. To your taste. Please just add water. And there's no such thing as a good food that doesn't include you adding water. Like, what a perfect gift. Just adds water. Ryan, we have to take a break. Oh, really? Why? (laughs) Because I can't get over these powdered mustards. I'm going to run out and buy some and try them and let you know how they are. Uh, But when we come back, the rest of the show. Ryan, I have tried 17 powdered mustards, and let me tell you, they are all delicious. Each one more delicious than the last? Each one more delicious than the last. But if I had to pick a winner, gun to my head, it is mayonnaise, the cracked pepper horseradish powdered mustard. No, mayonnaise is for the dogs. Uh, Horseradish will make anything awful, no matter what. No. Nope, Except a, a good slice of horseradish pie. I will enjoy mm-hmm. that on a warm mm-hmm. summer weekend. Are those your two least favorite things and you just said that you're going to vomit right now? Horseradish pie. Yeah, it's like I said. Horseradish pie just smothered on feet. <laughs> also Nazis. I don't like also those. Also Nazis. Uh, so, Marissa and Ryan are talking about Trey. They're on the balcony looking out over the water. And Marissa's like, look, I can't do this. Here's Here's what's going on. And Ryan's like, that's where that goddamn Fabergé egg went. Uh, and Trey overhears him talking, and he wants to do the, how dare you guys talk about me behind my back. But it's like, oh, you you found out? No, yeah, he does a lot here. He's like, fuck them for talking about me. And then also, I told Marissa to lie, right? He comes out, that's his first line, is that I told her to lie. Because Ryan's just ready to say, like, hey, Trey fucked up. Trey stole this thing. Trey sold it for money for himself. What the fuck, Marissa? Why did you yeah. why did you do anything wrong, Marissa? And then the third thing is, but hey, Ryan, who cares? There's no victims. These are noobsies, you know? Right. Which I would almost buy, based on the beginning of our last podcast, if he gave half the money to the charity that everything was going to and then kept half the money. <laughs> yeah, and that's the noobsy way. But instead, it's all for Trey. It's all for and Trey. I guess it's all for Trey. Uh, so Ryan decides he has to go... To whatever suburb, urban, prop movie prop dealers Trey sold it to. Now, I'm going to guess I have said this six times in this episode and the last episode of our podcast, but as far as like uh, bad writing. But this is clearly forced. Trey should go and fix this. And Ryan says, yes. no, I'm going to go. 
maybe the two of them, so Trey can give him directions. <laughs> just like, <laughs> is he driving around Chino? Right? It's probably just Chino, right. uh, looking for people like urban movie prop salesmen. Mm, where's the sign for the urban movie prop salesman? Uh, Seth follows Ryan to the parking lot, saying, "Let me go." I never get to go on your little adventures. And I, Ryan doesn't like try to talk him down. He just goes, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. But then Seth comes back with a pretty good reason. Uh, they know that you won't put me in danger. So if I go with you, that will prove that you're not Nobody putting me in danger. Yeah. Wrong. And then and we Ryan, have, then we have the moment, Mike, sorry to interrupt what you were about to say, but <laughs> Ryan tossing him the car keys. This, this reminded me so much of what we got a ton of, of season one. And season two is just too busy. But Ryan says, all right, you can go. You can drive. And tosses him the hand keys or the car keys. And <laughs> Seth doesn't do a good job. And then it's there back and forth then. of uh, Just like, mm. I- I'll catch him next time. Please don't worry. Yeah. Like, I-, I will get this. This was a really great Ryan and Seth moment. It's really weird to see myself on screen. Anytime somebody throws me something that you flinch in terror, no matter what the thing is. Marissa and Summer have decided or been asked to that they need to stall this entire multi-million dollar affair and their plan is we'll be sandy's assistants and somehow that will help everything again uh this is a perfect piece of uh tv writing but i would say one of the most used words in uh all of tv screenplays since the dawn of television is stall People are always telling other people to stall. And the other people are like, I don't know what that means, but I guess. And then they do it. They really do a good job of making it take as fucking long as possible. Because, like, Sandy's going through it a good rip. And they're like, oh, no. And they start doing things like uh, bidding Zach and Trey. Which, yes. And this, of course, is going to happen, too, is that uh, TV always loves a good bachelor auction. And they don't, they're like, they can help you clean your pool. They're young, striving lads. And, uh... The noopsie who used to be in the first season a lot and hasn't been, she screams $800 before Sandy can do an opening build of like 20 bucks. <laughs> and well, something's going. And Zach and Trey look very uncomfortable well, with the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I think Zach less so than Trey. But I do think that it's such a good, like, I don't know if it's a litmus test or something. I want to know who is bidding money on Zach and Trey or Trey. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're both handsome guys. They're both actors. Sure. Um, but one is this... Like glowing future senator, long hair, big smile, and the other has clearly, although it looks good in a suit, been released from prison. And I think it's so important to know where your eight hundred dollars. <laughs> where do you prefer it? Do you prefer it? Are you a Zach person or a Trey person? Also, if you're really trying to stall, separate the two of them. Uh, yeah, good call. Good call. <laughs> and but I think most people in that crowd would be going for a Trey because people like. People like a little danger. People like a little role play. Zach, they're used to the Zachs of the world. Ask Julie Cooper. Yeah, they've been fucking Zachs all <laughs> for like the last four years of high school. Uh, the other stall tactic that we have is, um, I know this stuff is used, right? It was found in the basement. And I know uh-huh. that like vintage like demands a high price. But there's something about vintage just being on the table and then vintage having just been worn. Like if you can see someone yes. wear it. Uh, Summer decides to auction off her shoes. And Summer, being naive... Um, thinks that, oh, this will go for like $5 because they're used shoes, not knowing that a smoking hot girl just took off her sweaty shoes, and that's going to make a solid 15% of the dudes in the audience start to palpitate. It's I thought the show, like the writers knew it was gross, but the characters wouldn't address it, but how quick that, that weird toad-looking man bids on her shoes. She goes, oh, foot fetish much? What did you think was good? Yeah. I thought she... 
What did you think was happening? Like some woman would like yeah. think that Kirsten. Kirsten <laughs> would like, oh, I, I want those shoes. I like those shoes that I could clearly afford for myself that you were just like that are used in the bad way, not in the good vintage right. way. But instead, you took them off on the stage, and that's gonna put a spotlight on the most disgusting fucking people in the audience. Which is good. It's good for the rest of Newport to know. Yes. No. Into what? That one guy from To Catch a Predator should have walked in and arrested every <laughs> single one of those motherfuckers. People know now who's into Summer's Feet and who's into Trey and Zach. <laughs> it's all the adults' grossness are out to play. Do you wish that when she took off her shoes, though, it cut to like the POV of those creeps and it was like, hello, sunshine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's now a bad show for not doing that. Uh, Kiki also bids... Uh, Marissa found, Marissa's trying to help Trey. She found a silver tea set in her basement of a bunch of stuff Julie wants to get rid of. And Kirsten made a weird face when Marissa brought it to turn in. And in the, like, Kiki starts the bid and there's a bidding war and she jumps like two grand and just says $5,000. And Sandy's just like, I guess my wife likes tea going to my wife for $5,000. Now, you make roughly $150,000 a year here at Pop Filter. Um, your wife makes uh, $2.5 million a year. So there is a dis- Don't be discrepancy. But yeah, now everybody knows. Um, do, do you, like, Sandy doesn't react at all. Do you feel that? Like, how, if, if your wife did this, like, there's nothing you can say? Mm-hmm. It's her $5,000? I feel like he had his eyebrow raised, but that might just be they have a mind of their own. <laughs> but it's, I think he's such a pro that he can't break the auctioneer like mold and say what is going on right now he's just like nope i'm gonna drive on i like that he's a pro because what you could say even if you weren't married to that person if you were less of a pro auctioneer is we were at three thousand dollars you could have bid thirty one hundred dollars and now you're paying five thousand dollars you can auction the way people play prices right just go up a dollar every time i just think again it's so hard for us to know what it's like to be rich i mean Mm -hmm. Does five thousand five thousand dollars to them is like what like six dollars to us? us? Yeah, Yeah. we would have no idea. And yet, still, Uh, if you and I had twenty dollars and you spent it on a tea set, I would freak the fuck out. Yeah, I would drop my microphone. (laughs) So they're trying to stall while Ryan and Seth have seemingly instantly found the urban prop movie dealers. And it's two guys I recognize. One I one is that guy who's in literally everything always. Bornheimer. Bornheimer. It's fucking Kurt? Bornheimer. Kyle Bornheimer. Kyle Bernheimer. And the other guy, maybe he just looks like a mook. I think the other guy looks like um uh Kevin Smith. Ethan Suplay. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I liked that. I, uh, I didn't even say a movie name. I said <laughs> a different fat person. <laughs> And so Seth knocks on the door and does a weird faux British accent saying he's from like the cinematic Tom Cruise history museum. Yes, his name is like Pippins McGee. <laughs> Pippins McGee. And he drops the accent pretty quickly, but he's like, you have the egg and then we're just going to borrow it and we'll bring it back. And there's all kinds of things. And he gets a little Scientology dig, which has not been allowed for years. And they very slowly go, wait a tick. How do you know we have this egg? Not the brightest gentleman, but after a while, anyone, no matter how stupid, would have to say, where did you hear about this? Right. Seth says he, uh, Tom Cruise put a tracking agent on the egg. <laughs> what I love is uh, Bornheimer says, Bornheimer. how does he know about the egg? And Seth goes like, yeah, how do you know about the egg? <laughs> like, he does do like a very Looney Tunes-esque. <laughs> it feels like it could have worked. Egg season. <laughs> and then uh, Ryan, who is snuck in the back, 
has the egg. Uh, it looks like they're going to throttle Seth, so he goes, hey, where he could have snuck out. Seth could have run away right away. Okay, so let's let's stop here real quick. Um, Ryan, Atwood's got an Atwood, and Ryan's always the hero, sometimes to a fault. We need the egg back. The egg is worth $10,000. Uh, I think that Seth getting a black eye is not worth $10,000. Should we have just gotten the egg to the car and then worried about Seth, or did they, yes. they do the right thing? I would have done that. But maybe I guess I'm a dirtbag. And you have a shittier best friend, I guess, which is cool yes, Cool to realize right now. Do. Uh, but Seth should, could have started running right away. But instead, they, they do like a little football back and forth. And then Seth's running ahead, and Ryan says, go long, and is going to chuck this crystal egg okay, so to the guy who can pick up car keys. We are dealing with something that is very clearly heavier than a football. I mean, by like a hundredfold, right? Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is like a 40-pound uh, movie prop. And he's going to throw it, which with his like beautiful arms. There's a point in this episode where Ryan is uh, just before he like he wakes up to go see Marissa in the kitchen. He has his hands behind his head, so it's just fucking bicep cam. The ins- oh god, those triceps. fucking biceps. Uh, but he's going to throw it to uh, who is possibly the least athletic person in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. That's the plan, and he does it. Because a guy is sort of close to him. I, maybe he's just like, Seth needs a win. He's had a rough time. Or maybe it's so big and heavy that if Seth just like puts a hand on it and it hits the ground, it'll be okay. Just pick it up and run. Mm-hmm. But yes, then as but- you pointed out in our last podcast, it goes into very clear, I don't even know what this movie is or I've never seen it before, movie reference time where everything is shot differently and the music is different. Right. And Seth, when his tippy-tippy fingertips, catches the ball. And then has still has time to jump up, and they both get to run to the car, proving that Ryan didn't need to throw it. But I guess maybe he threw it, and both the guys were just like, no. And but Ryan also drops all the money on the bigger guy's chest that he knocked out. Yes, he punches the guy, which I guess he needed to. And then you can't keep that money, though. You have to pay the money back because, again, you're not a bad guy. You're not Lance. You're not fucking Lance. Um, and then they get – and th- this is the uh, – I had alluded to this in our last podcast, but this is the third – top three Seth moment of the week, where they need to run. They need to go. And Seth can't not. He just stops, and he's like, Ryan, I caught the egg. Ryan, I caught the egg. <laughs> he was so proud of himself and needed Ryan to know. And I've never had that instinct to let my Ryan know I'm proud of myself, but... Oh, no, yeah. That's, Seth does. You're definitely not always telling me all the ways that you're <laughs> proud of you and how I should be as well. Never, ever. So they get there in time. Uh, the girls have been describing the egg instead of... Anybody getting to see it because they're trying to do a blind auction. Seven guys in the audience, by the time they get back, have taped summer shoes to their face. <laughs> pants around the ankles. They're passed out. Uh, some random woman, who's probably going to do gross things with that egg, uh, gets it. The boys just hand it off. Uh, and then Marissa hands Trey the money she got because it's the pseudo-charity from the, the silver. And goes, I said it'd help. I just wish you'd heard me. Now you can live in that apartment. And he says, uh, I will put you back, though. Shut yeah. up, dude. There's no Shut fucking up. way. There's no way that... In 10 years? you Like, the thought of you paying her back has left your head permanently the second she leaves that room. And hers, which is fine. Nobody's thinking about it anymore. Uh, that is the show, Ryan. Are, are there any last-minute wrap-ups you want to get to? Um, yeah, it was... I, I keep saying that, like, we are on a roller coaster ride until the end of the season. 
this episode sort of proved that that's not true. This episode sort of proved that there may be little stop gaps where we just fuck around and reference 80s movies, and then eventually we're going to be on the roller coaster ride until the end of the second season. But I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Those It's X-Men playing baseball. Them just referencing 80s movies is time to check in emotionally with everybody before the plot just drags them away. And I'm not sure why it happened. I'm not sure like they had a spinoff show pilot to do, but... Caleb and Julie calling at the beginning saying that they will uh, effectively not be in the episode is why right. we get a one-off. Like, they're the ones that turn things into long, drawn-out dramas. So if they're not here, we just get to hang out and party with our friends. Well, they had to go to the European vacation to plot the rest of the season. Right. And for them, not season of the show, just like, how are we going to fuck spring up for everybody else who's related to And them? they hate that every underground bunker in Europe is a used bunker, so they had to build their whole new underground bunker to, like, whole new pull out blue... Wolfenstein-inspired bunker. <laughs> they had to pull out all their blueprints, and they're, like, so many dry erase boards with these people. All. All the dry erase boards. Uh, so we have to take a break. When we come back, let's give some awards. <laughs> Ryan, it's everybody's favorite moment of the show where we have to give out some awards. Up first is the magical musical moment of the week. What do you got? So I think this award almost always, almost like it's a rule, goes to some fucking indie band that was popular that Josh Schwartz liked at the time. But I think I'm going to switch it up a little bit, and I'm going to give it to Seth catching the football and then just using the Risky Business music Mm -hmm. in case you forgot what that movie was or the references were. Look, I know we said the movie title Risky Business a thousand times in this episode and reference Tom Cruise a bunch. But if you didn't get it yet, what we're doing, here's the song from that movie. It and has it su- to be that. It sucks that it wasn't do bow bow which is the best song of all time, but this is yes. fine too. Every piece of everything should use that song. What is your Sandy Wisdom? My Sandy Wisdom is to uh, he doesn't say this straight up, but he, uh, anytime that somebody offers you a microphone and uh, the ability to be in front of a crowd, you should take it because Sandy mm. is uh, as delightful as I think either one of us would be. Um, he is on fire when the show starts. He's cracking jokes left and right. Then we enter into a montage where we don't hear what he's saying, but people... The crowd is eating it up. The crowd fucking loves him. He's like <laughs> Siegfried and Roy all at the same time. Mike, I would say that he is like two MCs put together. He equals MC squared. Thank you very much. Uh, mine is uh, afterwards, he, he knows something happened, obviously, because the girls were acting weird. And he says, I don't know what you kids were up to, but I bet it had something to do with Trey. So he just knows. And then second is, next time, just talk to me. And then there's and the fatherly. I wonder if he's going to sleep tonight. You know, I wonder mm-hmm. if he's going to be okay sleeping tonight knowing that, like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to stay up because of that. But hopefully I have convinced them to tell me next time what right. was going on. The most important thing. The most important. If, if I'm on fire, I don't want part of my brain worried about what my kids are up to. Also, I'm fucking two shows away from leaving my family and becoming a permanent <laughs> MC that tours the nation. What is your OC Couture? My OC Couture, besides uh, Summer Smelly Shoes, is uh, Marissa, through the first act of this episode, wears this like green spaghetti strap tank top with gr- a, a heart bedazzled in the center of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I firmly believe that this is very, very Orange County. Uh, mine is a tie for the girls at the auction. They both wear very shiny things. In, in a weird way, Summer has this weird turquoise shiny skirt that is vol- voluminous, however you say that word. 
no, that is not the word I'm trying to say. And then uh, Marissa's weird dress, as my wife put it, is a Molly Ringwald from 16 Candles if she was trying to give up her virginity. <laughs> oh, what a better movie. Very OC controller. What's your That's a different movie I saw called 69 Candles, if you know oh, what I mean. Who's in that? Uh, it's porn. I only watch porn parodies <laughs> uh, now. My comics connection yes, is uh, there's a lot of them. We talk about uh, graphic novel companies all of the time in this episode. Um, but I have to give it up to, and also there's a scene with um, Ryan and Seth in Seth's room, and there's comics spread everywhere. Mm-hmm. And man, when was the last time you were in that situation? It brought me back hard. But it was Zach, sadly, solemnly, holding up Ultimate X-Men 1 through 10 and saying that his mommy made him (laughs) donate it for the auction. That's back when Ultimate Comics was good. How many noopsies are going to be at that thing? Oh, like $7,000. Please, give me Ultimate X-Men 1 through 10. Imagine the jokes that Sandy the MC were going to make about that nerdy (laughs) shit. Uh, Mine was, because those seem obvious, is... The way Zach and Seth start talking is Zach says, do you know what comes out on Tuesday? And Seth says, yes, the DVD of Electra. And Zach's like, are we going to watch it? This this is such a th- this is such a time capsule part because we I, I know what's coming out on Tuesday on Blu-ray or on uh, DVD. And then also the person I'm talking to already knows as well. Right. And I would say that that scene is also very obvious. So the way that you insulted my picks about how obvious they were, I think that yours was as well. That's fair. That's what friendship is. What's your, give me an Atwood's got Atwood. Have you ever seen Elektra? No. Do you think we will one day? I hope so. I hope to live in that world. I used to own Daredevil. My at like a slave? Yeah. <laughs> in the basement. My Atwood's got Atwood is uh, basically the entire breakfast scene, all of his looks. And all of the Atwoods got an Atwood on to Atwood, who is also Atwooding. Mm-hmm. Like, the Ryan and Trey dynamic is sometimes very great. Um, but, yeah, just the whole thing. Like, he is saying that he and Marit, there's nothing going on. And then they just stand and stare at him until he is forced to say we're taking it slow. <laughs> yes. Atwood, you fucking moron. You can't hold anything back. Mine is him demanding to get the egg alone when he doesn't need to do anything alone. There's so many people who could help him. He's like, I got to clean up somebody else's mistakes. All right, Frank Castle, way to go. <laughs> uh, do you have a why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? Because I don't think I do. I've got one, but it's, I mean, it's getting closer to why don't you pour another one, Carter? Um, at some point, Carter is brought up, and, or Sandy says, oh, I think we're going to get some drinks. And Kirsten's like, well, he does love to drink. <laughs> no, what the fuck? And I have to give an HM to uh, when they're there. Uh, at the auction setting up, Carter gets there for some reason, and Sandy's like, hey, do you want to grab a drink? And Carter's like, yes! <laughs> and then Sandy walks over to a table with a lemonade pitcher. Just pink uh, lemonade. And you can see Carter's heartbreak. <laughs> That's not what I mean by drinks, Sandy. That's what nobody means by drinks. That is the show. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to the Holophonics. Thank you to Ryan for reading the rest of the commercials. Oh, God damn it! Um... Make sure that you email us, contact at yourpotfilter.com to let us know all of the things that you think about all the things that we say. Let us know what you think about Mike's dog. Is it cute on Instagram? Is it loud on the show? What do you prefer? Because right now we're trying, to de- we're trying to decide, um, do we keep it because it's cute or do we lose it because it's loud? Right? So mm. where are you leaning right now? Me? Yeah. It's a Sophie's choice. It, yeah, it is hard. 
Um, make sure that you follow us on social media, Twitter. We are at your pop filter, Instagram. We are at your pop filter. Instagram is the one where you, I guess you can see pictures of the dog to decide if it should stay or if it should go. Make sure that you're listening to the entire family of pop filter podcasts, including movie of the year featuring me and Mike deciding which movie is the best of any given year and the superhero hour hour featuring me and Mike deciding which superhero show is the best of any given year. And also the unnatural twenties, our sister show, uh, make sure that you're following, rating, and reviewing all of those. Make sure you go to yourpopfilter.com to see all of this stuff. It's your one-stop shop for everything that's pop. Filter. Nice. Yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon should become your new Amazon bookmark. Go there. None of the prices change for you. All the prices change for us because we get some. And then also, Patreon.com slash Yourpotfilter. Go there. Pick a tier. The one that you think suits you best. I would say the $100 one, which, Mike, what is the prize there? Oh, everything. It's too much to read off. I don't have the time. Okay. But a lot of it is you get to bid on me and Mike at a bachelor auction, and you get to decide which one of us you're going to pay more for. Uh, Patreon.com slash your pop filter. Thanks, Ryan. Next week on the OC, it's Trey's 21st birthday, and Marissa is anxious to help Trey and Ryan forge a relationship. So she throws Trey a birthday party at the Cooper Nickel Mansion. But it turns out to be a rumble when one girl nearly drowns from overdosing of drugs. Meanwhile, Seth is left in hot water by both Summer and Zach. No more information on that situation. Sandy wants to continue his friendship with Carter, leaving a confused Kirsten and also distraught Julie shares some memories with her blackmailer Lance and the process learns a few things and gains a few ideas about the future with her marriage to Caleb. All that and more on next week's OCD. Until then, stay gay dads. Give me those Green Lantern JPEGs Latro. California.